You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Let's receive our deputy resident pastor, Busala. Good morning, church. Good morning. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you, Pops. That's my father in the Lord right there. Okay, let's do this very quickly. We don't have so much time. Can I have the declaration up, please? Multimedia. Okay, can we read this together if you can see the screen? This isn't the first. Guys, what's going on? Okay, I'll read it. This isn't the beginning. I'll read it and then you can say it after me. As I listen to God's word this morning, it nourishes my soul, it transforms my mind, it recharges my spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals the Father's mind to me. My heart is a fertile ground filled with joy and gladness. Open to receive wisdom, instruction, admonition, correction, and revelation. I have encountered light and truth from the word of God this morning. I live here today strengthened. I live here today strengthened to obey. I'm putting into action all that I have received from the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you celebrate Jesus in the house? Because we know he's here. His presence is here already. Ready to feed and nourish us. Hallelujah. So this morning, um, just building on what we had started talking about this entire month, Pierre had been teaching us, you know, just relationships and becoming better dealing with um, broken hearts, if you've uh, experienced any, whether it's in a relationship that was supposed to lead to marriage, or even just business dealings, or even family members, but just recovering from that brokenness. You know, over the week, uh, we also spoke about healing, and, you know, healing before you deal, just stuff around, resolving your past, dealing with issues from the past, and not letting them influence and affect the positive, bright, beautiful future that God has given to you so graciously. So this morning I will be speaking on uh, emotional, healthy spirituality. And the very place to begin is from the beginning. Um, you can't talk about your emotional health uh, and your spirituality without just checking out what's the maker, the one who fashioned and designed you, what he has to say about you. So can we turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 27? I will read the message translation. It says, God spoke, let us make man in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of earth, God created human beings. 
He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea, birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Um, particular attention to be paid to the places where God describes, um, for want of a better word to use, the archetype. He says our image. So it wasn't as though there wasn't something that God was posturing or positioning man to look like. Fundamentally, we were all created in God's image. We were created, message translation here says, we were created to be God-like. We were created to reflect God's nature. As such, when we talk about our emotions, we need to recognize that God created us as well-rounded individuals. Physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially. He created us to be balanced. He created us to be whole. All the emotions, our temperament, our personality types, you know, so much variety in the world. No two people have the same, uh, what you might call these, palm prints. We're very different, but yet very similar in our creator. He's an embodiment. He embodies us. He typifies us. And so, it's important to recognize that we cannot speak to all of these several dimensions that we exist as or that we, are, we reflect as without understanding what God's intention is for us. And so, to be whole, you have to be vitally connected to God. First of all, to God and to man. If you notice the various dimensions that we exist in, so when we speak about our emotions and our, our intellects and our minds, we, we speak to the soul realm. When we speak about our physical and our social um, existence, it speaks to relationships, you know, and the spiritual, of course, talks to God. So we have this, um, I've forgotten, is it horizontal now? Which one is this? Vertical, thank you. Vertical relationship with God and then the horizontal with man. And so it's very important at every point in time that we are balanced in both. Our relationship and our connection with God stands secure. Same with our relationship with one another. But what we find a lot of times, which is why um, we have decided to address this, is we are sometimes skewed. Either skewed... Now I'm showing you in your mind when I say skewed, you're thinking... Is it a wrong thing to be skewed to God? Is it a wrong thing to be very spiritual? Absolutely not. There is nothing wrong with it. However, going back to the beginning and recognizing the father that created you, the purpose that he had for you, because remember, there is um, a purpose for every design, right? People don't just design stuff for the, say, the guys who built the iPads and the phones and all, you know, all of the fancy gadgets we use now. There was a purpose. They were trying to solve a problem. So when God created you, he was very intentional. He was very intentional. Like I always say, you are not just matter. We, um, occupy space and what? Something in space and weight. What's that? Yeah. You all know the definition of matter. Yeah. So you're not just that. To occupy space. There was purpose behind your design. 
There was purpose behind your design. There was purpose behind the creation of man. And so we need to live our life, our lives, recognizing that we are not just uh, there to exist. We're not just there to occupy space. So when we think about our emotional well-being in tandem with our spirituality, the question to ask ourselves is, how am I faring vertically and also horizontally? How am I faring? How am I doing with God and how am I doing with my fellow men? A lot of us are young. We're looking to get married soon. We have very, very few married people here. And so, all through this month, we've been talking about forming formidable and vital relationships and connections, you know, being accessible and all of that stuff. But how are you posturing? How do people perceive you? Are you skewed in a certain direction that makes you inaccessible there is a way you something a term that has been called unhealthy spirituality we know you love God we know you are crazy about him but it's almost as though you are levitating like you are living in a certain realm you are not on earth meanwhile God puts you here on earth for relationships for connections, that you would be his hands and his feet here on earth, that he can minister life and love and grace through you. But you are so caught up in just, I love the Lord, which is really great by the way. So I'm not saying don't, and I'm not saying drop your spiritual temperature. However, where your spirituality isn't translating into others getting saved, into others becoming attracted to the Jesus that you so passionately profess, then there is a big problem. That type of spirituality is absolutely unhealthy. Because the Bible says, ye are gods, sons of the Most High. We have work to do on earth as God's ambassadors. We are created to reflect his nature. And the fundamental thing about the nature of God is love. And so when that love and that light is not shining, is not being felt by the people who are close to us, when they look at you and all they think of your, your Christianity is a turn off, they are not attracted to the Jesus that you serve. They don't want to be like you. Then you need to reassess your spirituality. And so this morning, my short charge is just to get you thinking about where you are. Are you rightly positioned? Are you well balanced? Or are you skewed? We have those that are skewed to being spiritual. And it's almost as though there is no... The, the only thing that is physical about them is the fact that you see them. And you assume that they eat and drink. Some people live fasted lives. They fast around the year. It's beautiful more grace to you. I'm not that deep yet. Maybe I will grow into it. But some of us, we, it's almost as though, you know when the scripture says, you are zealous but without knowledge? Because there is no way that you can profess Jesus 
and love does not flow out of you, there is a problem. It's almost as though it's an, it's an anomaly. Where the fruits of the Spirit is not evident, you know, the outworkings of your life does not reflect the fruits of the Holy Spirit in you. People look at you and they know without a doubt that you are a Christian. Why? Because you speak in tongues. Why? Because you pray all the time. Why? Because you are seen with your Bible. They know you, can, you cannot say a complete sentence without some Christianese lingo in there somewhere. And so, you start to wonder, but God, why am I not attracting the kinds of people that I want? Why am I not, you know, why does it seem like I'm, I'm because sometimes you find that you're, you're not content being alone. You're not content with the fact that you are who you are, and yet you are not having good relationships. Your friends only bring to you spiritual matters. When they want to ask what part of the Bible, you know, has what's written in it, it's you they come to, which is great. But what else is there about you? Are you developing the other areas of your life? Can people have intelligent and intellectual conversations with you? Do you know what is going on in your society, in your world? What is happening in your generation? Can you speak intelligently to the matters of state? What books are you currently reading? Who are the kinds of people you surround yourself with? What sites have you signed up to? Where are you nourishing your mind? And how are you nourishing your mind? Remember, you cannot take out the spiritual from who we are as children of God. That is our core. That is the base. That's where we start. But you see, we, we, we do God a great disservice when we say we are in his image and we are like him. And we are not growing in other areas of our lives beyond just the spiritual. And here is what I know about Walking with God. You cannot walk with God and he's not even prodding you. The Holy Spirit isn't nudging you towards intellectual stuff. Do I have any witness in the house? You are prodded to books to read. You are, you know, Bible says that your teachers will not be far from you. You will find information, relevant information to your career, relevant information to your business. But are you so lazy or so stuck in your spirituality that you fail to see the word. The word, yes, I absolutely agree with you. I solve work problems from the word. A scripture comes to me. Solve business problems from the word of God. But you see, God in his, in his majesty... God being who he is, has also then, you know, given people wisdom, inspired people to also encode wisdom in books. And those books are meant to be read. And so you go on a date with this lovely girl who is very intelligent, Christian possibly, and you both are at varying degrees intellectually. You don't understand what she's saying. 
you expect her to notch down her intelli- uh, what you might call it, her intellectual prowess to meet yours. Because you cannot relate. Same thing for the girl too. What are we doing with our minds? What are we doing with our emotions? Are we growing? We say we want to get married. Are we positioning appropriately? What books on marriage are you reading? What books on parenting have you begun to read? You want to wait till you get there? I have a two-year-old. My first child is six. I mean, I'm not like I'm a PI that I've been in the game for quite a, quite a while. But my, my, yes, that's you, baby girl. Yes. And the, my, my two-year-old started school. And I found I was all over the place. I had to pray. I said, God, I didn't know it's like this. I could have been fine with one. She was, she's not supposed to hear that. But the reality was I, I struggled a bit the first week of school. And I found myself just praying and asking for grace and strength. Now, because my kids are far apart in age, it means that I'm so I, two-year-old doing homework. Why? That's just wrong. And you know, I had to go for parents' teachers meeting. And I find myself running one hour in one person's year, the other hour in another year. I'm like, God, help. But the truth is, and this is just even talking about one aspect. My daughters are so different. I literally had to relearn, you know, um, taking care of a baby all over again after four years. Because one person, the bigger, the older one, she's a G. First day of school at 18 months, peace out, mom, as in, she didn't even look back. The second one, one week, the first week of school, I was sitting with her in class because she's such a gum body. So they're so different. And you're wondering, uh, I want to marry. Whose baby will I carry? There is more to life. I promise you, there is more to marriage than just focusing on those. How will I look when I'm 30? How will I look when I'm 40? These are good questions to ask yourself. However, fundamentally, who are you? And can you marry yourself as you are right now? Quick check. Can you, as you are, I want to marry and you are scaboshing and pakalaying and do everything and declaring and confessing. But as you are right now, can you marry yourself? If you can't, then there is. And then you want somebody to come and marry you. Really? That's very unfair. And so this is to get us thinking and, you know, nudging us in the right direction. That our hearts will be open to the corrections that God is trying to make with us in this season. Because it is, it, it, this, this series that we have run this month should leave you changed. Should leave you better. Absolutely. You can't afford to be doing the things you've been doing before now. The same way. If it has been producing the same types of results that you are not impressed or pleased with. And so beyond just the spiritual. Where we nourish and feed ourselves with the word of God. Where we pray. I hope you realize that praying, uh, reading the Bible, speaking in tongues aren't just the only spiritual disciplines that exist, FYI. 
Do you know there is a spiritual discipline of solitude? Are you aware that there's a spiritual discipline of silence? If you are still at the level of God give me, God I'm here today and you are just talking, 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 talking. The Holy Spirit can't even get in a word. The Bible says in stillness and quietness shall be my strength. You need to be still before God. You have to learn to hear from him. You have to train yourself to hear from God. If you cannot hear from God about smaller issues, is it about who you will marry that you will hear? And so it's extremely important that we train ourselves, that we become better. Because God's original design, I take us back to the beginning, is a well-balanced, well-rounded individual who is like him, who reflects his nature. And his nature is fundamentally a nature of love, a nature of impact. People should meet you and leave you feeling better. If they come to you with all the Jesus that you are carrying and they live worse. You know, sometimes I find that some of us are not even empathic. We're not compassionate. We don't know how to bear each other's burdens. Why? Because you are such a spiritual juggernaut. That you cannot relate with we mere mortals when we are going through stuff. So your friend comes to you and says, oh, he broke my heart. I feel so, I'm, I'm in so much pain. You say, what's wrong with you? Souls are perishing, that's what you are thinking about. What's wrong with you? He broke your heart. So, do you know who you are? Wake up, dust yourself up. I mean, it's good, it's good encouragement, but hey. Your friend probably knows these things too. You are made in the image, it is loss. Or you are the one. They break your heart. You say it's their loss. They are, the first person tells you, you, you talk anyhow. It is loss. The second person leaves you. It is loss. The third person leaves you. It is loss. Sister, you need to check yourself. Maybe, just maybe, there is a problem in there somewhere. Just maybe the way you speak is unappealing. The things that come out from your mouth can destroy destinies, not build. Why? Because you are confident in who you are as a child of God. And so you just talk anyhow. That is not the kind of person God is looking for us to be. That is not the kinds of people that he has desired us to be. Bible says in the book of John, I think from verse 1 to 3, it speaks about Jesus being, or God being the true vine, and Jesus being the vine dresser. Any branch in him, any branch, anyone who's connected to him that doesn't bear fruit, what does the Bible say happens? Cuts off. The one that bears fruits, what does he say happens? He prunes. People of God, I introduce to you another spiritual discipline which is called suffering. I mean, it might sound a little funny or weird. So maybe for the sake of it settling properly, let's call it long-suffering. Because it's in the Bible. I shall not suffer. 
my seed shall not beg for bread. Uh, for bread. Those are the kind of declarations we make about ourselves. And so when we say suffering, it just seems off. Why should a Christian suffer? I wasn't born to suffer. However, here is what I mean. Jesus says, you will go through trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. He has what? Overcome. So if you are living a life as a Christian, you don't have trials and tribulations. I think you should be worried, right? You should be concerned. It's either something is, you know, when it's almost as though, hmm, Holy Spirit, help me. You know when Satan goes and meets God, or well, Satan is ruining around and God says to him, have you seen my servant Job? Job was there, serving his God, doing right by God. And God says to Satan, have you seen my servant Job? You know, sometimes I wonder, I wonder if, you know, God actually looks at some of us. Okay, so this is me being honest here. Sometimes I ask God, I said, I hope this is not what I'm going through right now. It's not one of those moments where you wanted to use me to shine. And you just said, don't touch our life. You can play around with other things. Father, have mercy. Because this, this one is beyond me. You know, but we rest in the comfort and the knowledge that he will not give us more than we can bear or handle. And he has given the Holy Spirit to us to help us, help us in our time of need. To strengthen us. And so, if you're a Christian here, there is a discipline where you enjoy God in your trials and tribulations. You enjoy the process. Because you know that it is working. What? An eternal weight of glory. James says, count it all joy when going through diverse problems. How do you joy? How do you stay joyful in the midst of trouble? In the midst of trials? He says, count it all joy. Because guess what? Beyond the things that you are asking and seeking, beyond the, the victories that you are desiring, God is doing other things in you. He's building you. He's developing your character. He's transforming you. I always say with God, it's never just one way. We're familiar. I mean, we've heard a lot of preachers tell us, Abraham wanted a son. God wanted a nation. Anna wanted a son. God wanted a prophet. So in your own matter too, you want a job, but God is looking to do much more with you beyond the job. He's looking to build you. He's looking to develop you. You are learning patience. You are maturing in the things of God because as you stay with him, he's revealing himself to you. Helping you become better. You are deepening in your relationship with your, your knowledge of him is, is being deepened. So no matter what comes at you, you can smile and look at the devil, look at the situation. Sometimes some of these challenges are not from the devil. I kid you not. Sometimes it's a, it's a test of our faith. It's a test of faith. And so in um, Luke chapter 10 verse 27, Jesus answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So if your spirituality is not translating and covering all of these dimensions that you need to check yourself. 
if this relationship you claim to have with God is not being extended to your neighbor, and your neighbor is not just the person sitting by you or the person who sits with you by you at your office or the person who lives beside you, your neighbor can be your ex who broke your heart, took the thing, scattered it on the ground. Your neighbor can be that person who cheated you out of a business opportunity. But God says, fill your heart with love. There's so much love in me that I'm pouring out into you and through you. Let me work. Let me heal you. And still on this matter of spirituality, you find that some of us sometimes, or maybe at some point in time in your journey, I'm assuming that you have matured and moved from there. But you're so spiritual that when you go through challenges, you cannot enjoy the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're of a certain gender and of a certain temperament. And so you believe it is out of place for me to cry. When I cry, I'm giving room to the devil. I'm, I'm what's the word now? I'm allowing him to rejoice. And so you go to God with your pain. Maybe relationship pain. Maybe business. Maybe family. You go to God with that pain. Actually, you go to God. You leave the pain outside the door. You come to him and you start to say, King of glory, Lord Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who rules and reigns in righteousness, the one that I bow before, the one who, what, uses his leg as footstool, and the earth is his footstool. Thank you. And you go on and on and on and on, and the angels are there. The Holy Spirit, everybody's looking at the Father. Because they are unable to minister because they know that you are hurting. But you form for God is essentially what I'm saying. You form for God. The one who knows all things. The one who sees you. The one who understands what you are going through. You form for him. In the name of spirituality. Guys, let's not get it twisted in our minds. God is not looking for spiritual juggernauts. He's looking for sons. He wants sons. He wants children. People who are after his heart. People who will be vulnerable with him. So it's okay to cry in God's presence. You are here. Maybe you, you are all the days and the years you've been coming to church. In all your Christian existence. Not once here in God's presence. Whether in church or in your closets. Not once here. You say, that's how I am. That's how I'm designed. That's how I'm wired. I don't cry. So there's nothing God has done that has blown your mind. There is nothing that you have felt, whether pain, whether joy, that has allowed you just barrage in God's presence and just be anyhow. You need to check. Oh, I'm not saying you're not spiritual, but just check it and be sure all is well. okay so just I will try and wrap up very quickly 
Having an appearance of spirituality doesn't mean you are healthy. Scripture speaks about, um, I can't remember where it is now, whether it's 2 Corinthians, but just something around having a form of godliness. A form of spirituality is not the same thing as being healthy. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're balanced. And some of the areas I've addressed speak to that. If you're the kind of person at work, they know you're the Jesus person. They know, they know you're the one who will pray before a meeting starts. You are the one that will close with a meeting. You are the one that can even give a word of knowledge while the meeting is ongoing. And yet, not one colleague has asked you about your Jesus. Not one person has been endeared to say, can I even go with you to church? Not one person has come to you to say, oh, look, I'm going through this. Would you please pray with me? Why? Because they know that once you leave that prayer mode, the things that come out of your mouth do not edify. So we need to be very careful that we are not just having an appearance of being spiritual. What is the state of our soul? Is our soul transformed? Bible speaks in the book of Romans, I think it's 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Has your mind been renewed? Some of us need to unlearn certain things so that we can allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit we can allow God walk in us, walk in us, make us better, make us more appealing. Your spirituality has got to be appealing. It's got to be attractive. People should look at you and just love what you, you know, what you ooze, just fragrance, the fragrance of the Holy Spirit, just loving. People should be comfortable being around you. Your Christianity should not be a turn off. Absolutely not. And so, uh, don't, don't emphasize aspects of your existence to the detriment of others. Sometimes we do that. We build ourselves in certain seasons, which is good. Sometimes it's time to um, add more knowledge. You go to school, but then you forget God. Sometimes it's that you get a new job. You become so swamped and God takes a back seat. How can we ensure that we keep a balance how can we be ensure that, you know, one is not suffering at the expense of the other? Because the gifts and the opportunities that we have are given by God. And so once you recognize that God is your source, you recognize and you acknowledge that he is your source, you need to be very deliberate about protecting that relationship. Come what may. Come what may. Whatever face of life that you are in, Never relegate God to the background, I beg you. Please don't. He's merciful. He's loving. He will still show up when you call. You will still enjoy mercy. But you see, you are missing out on other things because he can help you through that situation. You would enjoy grace and peace just doing life with God while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, whatever aspect of your life you are building. Some people get into relationships and God becomes almost non-existent. You need to check yourself. If your relationship is making you not follow God. Okay. Um, so marriage is conceptually spiritual, but it operates with emotional currency. While it is that we want to get married, if you ask the few married guys in here, if I ask a PTA now, he will tell you. He doesn't wake up in the morning and just shake it. I mean, well, he does that and all, but 
beyond that, he's got to have conversations with his wife, right? He's got to speak to her. He's got to tell her she looks beautiful. He's got to give her a kiss, you know. He's got to do things people do in marriage. Don't ask me what. When you get married, you will know. But it rides on emotions. And so when you are feeling a certain way, when you are down, the tendency for it to affect other aspects of your life is very, very high. When you are going through a challenge, if you're married, the tendency for it to affect your marriage, the tendency if you're not very careful, it can affect even how you relate with others, whether you're married or not. Your relationships can suffer. And so we have to protect our hearts per time. And this is where the Holy Spirit helps us. Always. We have to lean on the help of the Holy Spirit. It's tough sometimes. I recognize that. I've had my bad days too. But when I'm really down, I just like, Lord, you've got to carry me. I can't carry myself. I can't. I need your help, Holy Spirit. That's a good time to pray in the Holy Ghost. And just build inner strength. Okay, so... Um, very quickly, I want us to look at something less than three minutes will be done. Uh, can I have the slides for levels of emotional in, uh, maturity? Let's look at them together. You can take off the pictures here so we can see clearly. Yes, first slide. So there are levels that we go through in our walk with God and even just in our emotions that I want us to um, just discuss very briefly. And there is an assessment. If you're interested in taking the assessment to at least just get a sense of where you are and what you need to do to improve. Just being, becoming self-aware, essentially. Um, you can put your name down at the info point. Put your email address down, and we can email the assessment to you. Can I have the first slide, please? The first slide is the emotional infant. Looks for other people to take care of me emotionally and spiritually. So this person is an infant. Just an infant you feed you change their diaper, you clean them up, you do everything for them. If this is where you are, what happens is if you go into a relationship like this, if you go into a relationship with an emotionally balanced individual, you will suffocate them. You would overwhelm them with your needs because you depend on them for your spiritual maturity. You depend on them for your emotional satisfaction. You depend on them for your happiness. Your wholeness and your completeness, you are looking for it in, the, in your partner. And that is the mindset some of us have towards marriage. That all of my issues will go away when I get married. Absolutely not. Sometimes it becomes amplified when you get married if you don't fix yourself. And so, um, you often have difficulty in describing and experiencing your feelings in healthy ways. And... You rarely enter, this text is really poor. Which one? Oh, okay, thank you. You rarely enter the emotional world of others. You are consistently driven by a need for instant gratification. You use others as objects to meet your needs. You are an infant. So you just enjoy using people. You don't even know it sometimes. That all that you do is you're using people. So you need someone to be there for you. you. You have a, if you're a girl, you have someone who picks you up and drops you off. That's his own work. You have the other one that takes you out for lunch. The one that takes, sorts you out for breakfast. Are you, what's wrong with you? You know, you are just there using people. Okay. Um, 
you are uncomfortable with silence. Sometimes you're perceived as inconsiderate and insensitive. You do not like being alone. There's some of us that have never not been in a relationship. Just don't look, look straight ahead if you are the one. You have never not been in a relationship. You don't know how to be by yourself. Remember spiritual discipline. Solitude is good for you. You need to just take some time and be by yourself. Don't date anybody. Don't be dated. Stay alone. Stay single. Just enjoy being alone. At least discover who you are. Enjoy God for yourself. Okay, um, you're uncomfortable with silence. When trials and hardships or difficulties come, you want to quit God and the Christian life. Any small thing, oh, God, where are you? Well, I'm, I'm not doing it again. What were you looking at when this happened to me? You are so quick to give up on God. You experience God at church or when you are with other Christians, but when you are at home alone, people of God, it's nothing. There's nothing. So what you are social Christian. We have social drinking, social smoking. Your only social Christianity. You only enjoy God when you're in the midst of people. So that is the emotional infant. Let's see the emotional um, child. When life is going your way, you are content. However, as soon as disappointment or stress enters the picture, you quickly unravel inside. You take things personally. You interpret disagreements or criticisms as a personal offense. When you don't get your way, you complain. You throw an emotional tantrum. You withdraw. You manipulate. You drag your feet. Sarcastic. You revenge. You end up living off the spirituality of others also. Because you are overloaded and distracted. Your prayer life is primarily one way. You talk to God. He doesn't talk to you. You tell him what to do and how to fix your problems. Prayer is a duty if you're an emotional child. It is a duty. It's not a relationship. It's not, a, a, it's not something that you need to leave. It's just a duty. You want to check a box. That is the emotional child. And so if you're here, you know yourself. God knows you. What to do is to make amends. Very important. Okay. We have the emotional adolescent. Who doesn't like it when others question them? Often makes quick judgments and interpretations of people's behavior. Withhold forgiveness. You see, this is another level. Because this person is a bit more aware of uh, spiritual matters. You withhold forgiveness for, to those who sin against you. Avoiding cutting them off when they do something to hurt you. Subconsciously keep records of the love that you give out. Those types of people, what you find is they are very quick to recount their good deeds to you. They will remind you the day they dropped you off. The day you were stranded, how they sent you money, they will remind you. Every good thing they've done for you, they are, they are not necessarily writing it down, but you see it's here. And they will be quick to point it out and pour it out to you if you, miss, if you do anyhow. Um, yeah, you have trouble listening to other people's pain, disappointments, or needs without becoming preoccupied with yourself. So people are sharing their issues with you. You are interpreting, you know, your matter is inside their matter. And so you are talking about yourself in their own issues. You sometimes find yourself too busy to spend adequate time 
nourishing your spiritual life. You attend church, serve others, but you enjoy few delights in Christ. Your Christian life is still primarily about doing, not being with him. Prayer continues to be mostly talking with little silence, solitude, or listening to God. The emotional adolescent is mindful of the things of the spirit. However, does not fully practice all of the spiritual disciplines. The emotional adolescent believes greatly in service. But service does not translate to intimacy with God. One should never replace the other. Because it is not when you serve him that you draw close to him. It's one of the things that he demands of us, that he requires of us as his children. But it should never replace your alone time with him. Lastly, the emotional adult respects and loves others without having to change them or becoming judgmental. Values people for who they are, not for what they can give or how they behave. Essentially sees people the way God sees them, beholds them with the eyes of mercy. Behaves, uh, sorry, takes responsibility for their own thoughts, feelings, goals, and actions. So you don't put your, your happiness is not dependent on someone else's. It's not the duty or the responsibility of the person you are dating to make you happy. If you are not, cannot be happy by yourself, in marriage you will struggle. If you don't know how to be whole, if you don't know how to you know, be by yourself, you will struggle. Um, can state their own beliefs and values to those who disagree without becoming con controversial. Able to accurately self-assess limits, strengths, and weaknesses. This person is self-aware. Deeply convinced that he is absolutely loved by Christ and as a result does not look to others to validate them or to affirm them. I mean, affirmations are good. They're great. I love them too. But you see, you cannot be dependent solely on what people say about you. Otherwise, your emotions will keep yo-yoing. Um, able to integrate doing for God and being with him, Mary and Martha. So we know the story of Mary and Martha, right? How Martha complained about um, Mary not helping her serve Jesus. And Jesus saying to her, Mary has chosen the more important thing, the one thing that matters, which is sitting at the feet of the master. Your Christian life has moved beyond simply serving Christ to loving him and enjoying communion with him. And so I just want us to, you know, as we go home, just reflect, where am I? Where am I in terms of my emotional um, health and my spirituality? What are the areas that God needs to help me improve? How can I be better? Can we bow our heads and pray? You know yourself, you know where you fall in all of this. You know the things that you're currently struggling with. You know the areas, I know the areas that I am still weak, where I am struggling. I know the areas that I need to change. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Let him open your eyes if you are unsure. Let him open your eyes to see, to see how you truly are, to reveal you to you. That you can live that well-balanced and whole life that he's calling us to. The Bible speaks about um, you know, the, us having treasure in earthen vessels. There's a reason God did not create um, indestructible vessels. Paul speaks about treasure, the treasure of the gospel. You know, the light of the gospel is contained in earthen vessels. 
there is a reason why it is jars of clay. Earthen vessels are not um, some metal that is indestructible. Because the vessels can chip. The vessels can break. However, we are sustained by God. And so it's extremely important that we find ourselves in him. So you need to go back to your maker. If you are here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is a very good opportunity for you. He created you. He has great plans for you. Great thoughts towards you. And he wants you to be well. He wants you to be whole. Scripture says that we prosper. Third John 2. We prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Is your soul prospering? Is your soul healthy? Are you heartbroken? What do you need to open up to God this morning about? Let him fix you. Let him heal you. Let, let him transform you. Let him make you aware of your weaknesses so that you can improve on them and become that person that he has designed you to be. That your Christianity becomes attractive and appealing. People want to be like you. People want to serve the God that you serve. So if you're here and you have no relationship with Jesus or you have drifted from him, I invite you to come back into the family. God loves you. We love you. But God loves you more. If you're here, would you just all eyes closed, all heads bowed. Just raise your hand. Let's see you so I can pray with you. Let God do his work in your life. If you are that person that has strayed, if you are that person that is struggling, you are hot today, cold tomorrow. Bible speaks in the book of Revelation about the lukewarm church and how that the, the father will spew them out. He rather that you are, you, 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 are, you can't be here or there. You, can't, you cannot sit on the fence. You have to take a, make a decision. Choose a side. Is it Jesus or what? You can't profess that you know him. You can't mentally assent to him without a relationship. It's nothing. So if you're here this morning, I invite you back into the family if you were here and you stepped out. And if not, if you've never answered this call, this morning is an opportunity for you to embrace the love of your father. Let him take care of you. Let him heal you. Let him build you. Let him transform you. Just repeat after me, dear father, I pour my heart out to you this morning. I confess my sins before you and I receive your forgiveness. I embrace your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I ask that you make me yours. I receive grace to live for you. To live a life that pleases you. I can't do this by myself. I ask that you take my hurt. Take my pain. I exchange my burden for yours. Fix me dear Jesus. Let your light and your love shine through me. Let your beauty and your glory surround me. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. I want more of you. I want more of you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.